So basic, the, the fundamental, fundamental characteristic of bhakti or devotion is identification, as it is in any, any love. So love means identifying with the object of love, here identifying with God. So I'm identified with God. Whatever, and so I look at things from his standpoint. Suppose I was God, how would I look at this? Would be rather difficult, but imagine that I was a, these are all my children, let us say. I was a creator, I was a children. I was the one who maintained the order, who ordained everything. Then how would I look at the situation? For us, I may not have those likes and dislikes, aversions, anger, etc., which I normally have. So, these kind of reactions come when I look at the life only from a very narrow, self-centered point of view. To the extent that my point of view becomes larger, to that extent, the smallness in my mind goes away. Ultimately, my mind becomes as big as God. That is called attainment of God. And that kind of a potential human being has, so that is the bhakti, the devotion, the identification that all my actions are offered. Whatever I am doing, every action because of means, I ask this question, how will this action help me, please the God? In the form of order, in the form of universe, in whatever form I conceive of him, how will this action please him? How will it then contribute into that scheme of things? <coughs> Ananyenaiva yogena. And the yoga, which doesn't have anything to explain it, Ananyenaiva yogena. Maam alambanam muktva, avidyamanam anyadalambanam. But alambanam means the, I, he is a means also. He is the only aid that I have. That means I do not seek anybody's help also. A bhakta or a devotee does not seek help from anybody other than God. He, when in trouble, he doesn't go to his wife and children and wealth and power and some such material things. There is nothing wrong in any of them. You may go to them. The point is that when I am in trouble, where do I go? You know, if I see God in my wife, I can go. There is no question about it. The point is that I seek the refuge of God. And so, I, that is my goal, that is where all my actions are dedicated. And when I am in trouble, I always go to him. There is Ananya Yoga. I am always connected to him. Alambaram, that's the only alambaram, that's the only aid I have, you know, for whatever it is that I want to accomplish. Maam Dhyayantaha, and also meditate on me, all the time thinking of me, because for dedicating actions to him, I have to think about him. For, look, for considering him as my goal, I must think about him. For considering him as my refuge, I must think about him. So looking upon him as my refuge, looking upon him as my goal, Looking upon him as the altar of all my offerings, naturally all the time I'm thinking, Maam Dhyayantha, all the time thinking upon me, meditating upon me, reflecting upon me, Upasate, those who worship me like this. <coughs> that is, those who are totally dedicated to me at, at every level. Teshamaham Samuddharta. Now, now, now comes, what is his role in this? This is the role of the devotee, that he can dedicate himself. What is the role that Lord has? Tesham aham samudharata. I am the one who is liberated. Samudharanam. I lift. So I am the one. Samyak udharanam. I am the one who very well lifts them up. Lifting up from where? Mrutya samsara sagarat. Samsara sagarat. From the ocean of samsara. Samsara means the life of birth and death. Or samsara means the life of becoming. Samsara means his life of struggle. So from that, so everybody is struggling, everybody is trying to become something, everybody is trying to do something. And as I said, in this, everybody is trying to become limitless. And that, pro that process is going on from the time beginningless. That's why we call samsara as an unending process of this birth and death. Because every birth is taken with a certain agenda. And the agenda when I take the birth is to become limitless. Except the way I am trying to do it doesn't work, that's all. That my desire to become free is a genuine desire. That I want to be, so I desire to be immortal. I, I cannot accept death and I want to become immortal is, is fair. I cannot stand ignorance. I want to be enlightened. I want to be omniscient. Fair. I cannot stand unhappiness. I want to be happy. Fair. But how am I trying to become immortal? By making the body immortal, you see. This poor body is not designed to become immortal regardless of what I do. I can stay the life by a few years. But that desire for immortality cannot be fulfilled by making the body immortal. Some people are 
you know, after studying Vedanta also, they get sometimes scared. But Swamiji, the scientists are coming that the body will not die. Then what will happen to Vedanta? I said, nothing will happen to Vedanta. <laughs> they are concerned that Vedanta is threatened by science. I said, never. Fine, there's nothing wrong. It's not merely just that the body is perpetuated, that, that is why you become immortal. It's not merely the perpetuation of the body, in case you do that. What will you do with this body for beyond a certain point? I think you will want to change, is it not? <laughs> Ultimately, God has a scheme that the body has become old, or that you have to do something else now, give up this body. Why should you be so, <laughs> why should you be so attached with this particular body that I would not want to give it up? <clears throat> for the very simple reason, for the scientists, this is only birth, not for us. For those who accept the new birth, so there is no problem. Fine, God takes this body, give a new one. And so, Vasamsa Jiranani Athaviha, just as we discard the old garments, so also the old body is discarded. <coughs> Therefore, the Vedic people have no problem as far as death or giving up the body is concerned because this is not the last body. For those, the last body is a big problem. That doesn't mean that I, I become complacent. Oh, then next birth is going to come. Therefore, I'll do my bhakti next birth, Swami. <laughs> so some people say that. Next birth, I'll worry about it. No, don't be complacent like that. Because who, do, who knows what the next birth will be? It may be that of a dog or a cat or, or a rat. Who knows? And so when will you get the opportunity of becoming a human being? Nobody knows. So better. If you gain that knowledge here, then the life becomes, life is fulfilled. The life is meaningful. If you do not attain it in this life, then a great calamity is waiting for you. So Upanishad says. So no doubt this life is very precious, very important. But not that I keep on spending my energy merely in this perpetuating this body. There is better things to do with this body. <coughs> and so this samsara sagara, sagara means ocean. This samsara means life of birth and death. Life of seeking, life of becoming, life of this incompleteness, life of helplessness, put it this way. Samane vrakshe purusho nimagna anishaya shochiti muhyamanaha Even though he is in company of the infinite God, even then this fellow is grieving because he feels helpless. On account of identification of the body, he feels helpless. So the helplessness is samsara. Sense of dependence is samsara. And therefore sense of limitation is samsara. And that is compared to sagara or compared to ocean because I am trying to become free from the sense of limitation. And I am struggling to do that. Except that every struggle seems to land me from frying pan to fire, you know, and that's what is happening from birth to birth. That is why it is compared to ocean, ocean which is very impossible to cross. <coughs> so we can't cross the samsara. So what does Lord do? He lifts you up from that, you know. And so, Teshamaham Samudharda. What is this samsara? Samsara is nothing but the pain or the limitation occurring because of identification is body. Identification, taking the body as myself, taking the mind as myself, taking the upadhi as myself, and that's what makes me feel a sense of limitation. So really the only way that God can lift me up from the samsara is by removing ignorance ultimately. And that's what Lord Krishna said in the 10th chapter also. That when I find that my devotees are totally dedicated to me, Machittaha, Madgata Pranaha, Bodhiyantaf Parasparam, Machittaha, their chitta, their mind also is devoted to me. Madgata Pranaha, they live for me also. And whatever they do also is done for me. Bodhiyantaf Parasparam, when they talk among each other also, I am the subject matter. When anybody comes with some kind of a curiosity or desire to know that I am I am the one about whom they talk. They think about me, they serve me, they live for me, they talk about me, they discuss me. I am I am completely pervaded in their life. And that is how they are satisfied, totally satisfied. Because who does not like to talk about the object of love? If he has become the object of love, then we, you enjoy talking about him. You enjoy discussing about him, you enjoy knowing about him, you enjoy singing his glories. So those who sing my glories, those who talk about me only, those who worship me, those who serve me, those who think of me, 
Tesham Satadyuktanam Bhajatam Pridipurakam. When I find they are always joined with me, they are always centered upon me. Bhajatam Pridipurakam and they are worshipping me. Pridipurakam, out of love and not out of some kind of a desire, not out of some kind of a limited end, but they are worshipping me out of love. Not that they want something from me. Lord Krishna, if they want something from me, that's the first thing I give them. Hope that someday they will learn what to want. But until they learn, giving them what they want. Like the mother keeps on satisfying the child, you know. It's okay. You want a toy? Here it is. Balloon? Here it is. Then the child says, no, mom, I want to come to you. Okay, come to me. Otherwise, wants to play? Okay. Similarly, this poor soul keeps on playing in the world, wants little toys, give me a car and give me a house and give me this. Okay, take it, take it. <laughs> and that the whole life gets over. Next life again I start. So, but here are the devotees who worship me for my sake. Bhajatam, Preeti Burukam, Dadami Buddhi Yogam Tam. I impart them the knowledge, Buddhi Yoga. I impart them that wisdom by which they know me as their own self. Out of anukampa, out of compassion for them. I dispel the darkness of ignorance in their heart. I illumine the lamp of knowledge and thus dispel the darkness of ignorance in their heart. The question is, do I know the God or does he reveal himself to me? Well, there are two people. First are those who want to know the God itself. It's all their effort. But they are the mature devotees having viveka, vairagya and everything, a spirit of renunciation. So they, they gain the knowledge by their effort. Here are not that mature devotees. They don't have that kind of renunciation, that vairagya. But they have all the shraddha. So when it comes to knowing, then there is a, the predominance of vairagya, the dispassion. When it comes to devotion, the predominance of shraddha, the total faith. And thus with faith they have surrendered to me. I lift them up from the ocean of samsara, meaning I impart them the knowledge. I remove the ignorance. Samsara is nothing but ignorance. I remove the ignorance, impart them knowledge, and that's how I save them. Mrutya samsara sagarat. This samsara is called sagara, the ocean, the ocean of samsara, which is fraught with death. <coughs> death not only in the sense of death of the physical body, but any time I feel helplessness, as well as dying. Any time I feel insulted, any time I feel hurt, any time I feel helpless, any time I feel dependent, any time I feel compelled, that is death. And every moment I'm compelled by something, usually compelled by my own impulses, compelled by my own passions. So from this sagara, these passions, I mean from this ocean, I lift them up. Samudhartha Bhavani, I become the one who is the liberator of my devotees from the ocean of samsara. Lord, when do we do that? How long should we wait? Nachirat. Nachirat means what? Before long, soon. So as soon as they become identified with me, that's all, right away, I lift them up. So what is the, what is the criterion for, for what's the criterion? Mai aveshita chedasam. Mai aveshita chedasam. Those whose mind is absorbed in me. Those whose mind is identified with me. Those whose mind is of my form, identified with me. As we said, bhakti or the devotion is nothing but the process of identification with Lord. <coughs> More identification, that's what karma yoga is all about. That when we say that of perform your actions as an offering to the Lord and accept the results as prasada of the Lord, what does it mean? When I perform the action as an offering to the Lord, I leave everything to the Lord. And when I accept the result as also as prasada of the Lord, I again give him the benefit of doubt. That means that I accept his sankalpa, I accept his will, and I submit my will. So accepting the will of God and submitting my individual will is a process of identifying God. So bhakti is nothing but a whole process of identifying with God and thus becoming one with God. Ultimately that process culminates into knowing the God as myself. <coughs> Meaning thereby, 
that the ultimate result is the same. What it means is, even if you are a worshipper of Saguna Brahma, then also the result is the same. And you are a worshipper of Nirugunama, then also the result is the same. In Nirguna Brahma, you know Brahman is your own self, by your own effort. When you worship Saguna Brahma, it is He who provides whatever is required. <coughs> this is the interpretation of these verses. That is why the result of both is the same. That's how they interpret. We would put it this way, that the bhakti of the Saguna Brahma creates a ground for the knowledge of Nirguna Brahma. Mai aveshita chetasam Those whose mind has totally entered into me, those who accomplished an identification with me. That being the case, in the eighth chapter, Lord says what it is that we should do. In me alone, may you place your mind. May in me, eva alone, manaha adatsva, adatsva, place. Manaha your mind. In me alone, may you place your mind. May buddhim niveshaya. Into me, may you make your intellect enter. That's the translation. In me, may you place your mind. Into me, may you make the intellect enter. Manaha and Buddhi. So our mind, or what we call mind in English, is here divided into two faculties, Manaha and Buddhi. So Manaha is translated as mind because it is, you know, but so what the mind actually means is Antahkaranam. Antahkaranam is the inner faculty, the inner organ. And that mind is looked upon as made up of these two faculties, the faculty of feeling and the faculty of knowing. Of course, we have also the faculty of remembering, but that's included with the knowing. Sometimes they look upon antahkaranam or the mind as made up of, as performing four functions. Manaha, buddhi, chittam, ahankara. That my mind, with my mind, I feel. With my mind, I know. With my mind, I remember. And with my mind, I assert. So, when my mind is feeling, in that mode it is called manas, manaha. When it is knowing and determining, it is called buddhi. When it is remembering and deliberating, it is called chittam. And when it is asserting, it is called ahankara. So these four are sometimes lumped into two. Sometimes all the four are lumped into one also. But here the four are lumped into two. And Lord Krishna uses the words manaha and buddhi. Manaha means the faculty of feeling or the impulsive faculty. And buddhi is the faculty of knowing, faculty of determining. So Lord Krishna, that's all we are. What are we? If I look at myself, who am I? I am nothing but this manaha and buddhi, that's what I am. After all the body, sense organs, all of them perform according to the command of the mind and the intellect. So really, the core of my being is nothing but what we call core of my personality is nothing but manaha and buddhi, my mind. Says the mind, so the man, they say. And so manaha and buddhi, what are my feelings? What are my emotions? And what are my thoughts? What are my understandings? Or what are my conclusions? That's what I am. So Lord Krishna wants that we should totally be, we should totally, I mean, offer ourselves to Him. You totally offer yourself to me. All that Lord Krishna wants is from us is total offering, but bit by bit. So what is teaching is the path of renunciation, what we call tyaga. 
And ultimately this Tyaga, as, as we told the story in the morning about this Bali Raja, how ultimately Bali offered himself when he, when he, when he I mean, uh, offered his head and when Lord placed his foot on the head, that means Bali Raja offered himself. That's the ultimate offering. It's called Bali. Bali means what? Offering. <coughs> but since we cannot offer a whole being right away, therefore bit by bit we offer. Therefore in Bhagavad Gita we find a whole scheme of offering. So Lord Krishna first says, offer me the karma for now. That, that sequence will come. Then offer me the karma. Then offer me the kartrutva. Offer me your whole being, bit by bit. There's a scheme that Lord Krishna provides. We are not that easy to give up things, you know. I mean, I want to hold on to things. Give me a little bit. So he in the beginning comes, give me just three steps. Give me just three steps of land, that's why he said. All right, here it is. And you give him three steps of land and he takes away everything. Like that beggar, he comes once afternoon, one of, one, you know, in the noon time and begging food. It was so hot, this lady of the house comes out, sees a beggar, says, Mother, I'm very hungry, may I have some food? It's okay. She goes inside and brings some food. Say, it's so hot, can I sit here and eat? All right. But outside also, it is very hot. Can I come inside and, and eat the food? Okay. All right. So he comes inside, he's offered the food. Now, since he's inside and, you know, in the, in the outer room, but sitting there and this woman is feeding him, then she gets some more food and he has nice, you know, lunch. It's so hot outside, I feel so sleepy. Can I rest for a while here? All right, okay, rest for a while. And then she goes inside and he's, he's sleeping outside. After half an hour she comes out. This fellow is snoring, you know. She wakes him up. So all right now, have you had enough rest? You can now go. Just go where? Wherever you came from. Now I belong here. Where have you come from? He says. You know? <laughs> so this is this is called Pada Prasarana Nyaya, you know. Pada Prasarana Nyaya. So they say that give him a finger and slowly he takes hold of your hand. Simply give him a little space. He slowly spreads his feet and then takes hold of everything. That's how God is. He wants some room. He wants some room. And he will make sure slowly and slowly he will enter. If not today, tomorrow. He will seek an opportunity. That's why we teach our children something. Whatever they get out of this. Some samskara, some impressions are there and they will forget also. The children are somewhat cooperating when they are seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, you know, okay, bow down, bow down, whatever you want. <laughs> Once they go thirteen, fourteen, and then says, bow down, you know, he will stand like that. <laughs> and after seventeen, eighteen, let's forget it, they're just not available. <laughs> but when they again grow to the age of twenty-one, twenty-two, then something happens. When they, when they discover certain boldness, well, peer pressure is so much that he's, he's scared, you know, to, to declare that he's a Hindu or he's something, or some kind of a religious thing, he's scared. But when he becomes independent, at the age of 21 or 22, then he finds that, yeah, my mother was saying something, and then Swamiji was saying something, my dad was saying something, and these things come back, and then they want to know more about it. And then they even change. Formerly he never wanted Indian dress. Now he starts wearing that. No Indian food, he starts eating that. No Indian books, no Indian language, you know. <laughs> slowly they start discovering some interest. It will come. And so give him some room. He, and then slowly he'll occupy it. Until I don't remain, he alone remains. So Lord Krishna says, give me. Can you imagine? He's asking, "My mana, give me your mind, my buddhi, give me your intellect. Then what do I have left? That's it. That means give me your whole being. What is meant by giving you? I mean, how can I give you my mind? You know, it's not something that I can just offer like a flower. It is very nice. If I could place my my offering like a flower, that's why there is a prayer. Krishna tadiya padapangaja pinjarante 
let your emotions and character to me but god do you know what kind of feelings i have you may not like them don't be offer up the says narada says in the narada bhakti sutra that even if you 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 anger your greed offer it to him how can you offer these kind of things to god don't worry if you are angry get angry at him how come god is still don't show up and how come you know so all your anger you can direct at him there is greed fine be greedy how can i do more japa how can i do more of this how can i accumulate more punya how can i have more bhakti how can i have more devotion let your greed also be directed to god your lust and and greed and anything that is there can all be directed that's how mahatma explained people have different kinds of skills which are not always the best in the world somebody say i am a gambler i i i you know i like to play cards and i am very skilled at that how can i offer that to god play cards with god <laughs> play the game of dice with him you know as though you are playing with him so you make one move and then think of how he would make a move make a move from his side <laughs> somebody was a good you know he was a humorous person funny person enter entertain god sit before him and tell all your jokes and things like that you know and imagine that he is listening and laughing you know. so this kind of you know, what we require is a method it is not easy to place our mind in him because mind ha- is 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 restless is unsteady and all kind of uh, likes and dislikes of impulses is very difficult to make it steady therefore we require some tricks this kind of tricks also can be used tricks means methods can be used in order to focus the mind upon god mayeva manadatsva your emotional faculty new place in me that means all that in love me whatever emotions arise in you the all of them may i be the subject matter of them so mind also has a has a habit that's called sankalpa vikalpatmaka antakarana vrutti manah mind is all the time thinking and dreaming and imagining that's also the the uh, that's what also mind does so that faculty also is called manah so imagine things about me now suppose that you are a devotee of lord krishna let us say that's all you can imagine all kinds of things then devotees do that oh i am there on the bank of the yamuna people all kinds of dreams people all kinds of day dreams or they all kinds of imaginations on the bank of the yamuna and then like listen to mirabai's song you know that's all she's doing all the time mere to giridhar gopal dusra na koi and i am only married to this giridhar gopal i am married only to my krishna with four arms and with you know the yellow cloth and whatever her beautiful description will be so imagine this thing in your mind imagine that you are talking to him and you are walking to him and you are playing with him whatever the idea of the dandya randiya ras etc is that we are playing with god it's all right that we may have disco dandiya etc these days <laughs> and so let your imagination the faculty of imagination also let it be applied and imagine that uh, you are doing things for god doing things with this doing things so doing things with him you know you can do things with him imagine things people have all you see this happens in with us whenever we love somebody this happens does it not the object of love always occupies my emotions and i always dream about it think about it him or her or whatever it is 
Even take the case of a mother, you know, and her son is returning after eight years. He thinks, oh, he must be now in getting down from the aeroplane, he must be coming, and now he must be passing through the customs. And there was a, she's in the, in the town, and other people have gone to receive the son. Now she imagines, now oh, he must be riding the train, he must be at the station, he must be coming. And then he will sit here, I'll offer him this coffee, I'll do this, and then I'll make this kind of food, and he will sit here, and eat this, and I will... All these things go on in the mind. What, is, what else is this? So you can do that with, for Krishna or whatever. Whoever is the Ishtadevata, do that. This offering manaha. Think of his. Or of course, in the in the Indian in the Hindu culture, there is no dearth of the of the leelas and the sports of the Lord. And so think of the sports of the Lord. What all he was doing in at the bank of the Yamuna and the Vrindavan and whatever you know. So think of that. That's how the mind thinks of. The Lord, this this kind of imagining mind, sankalpa vikalpa atmakam manaha, and also your buddhi, your intellect also offered to me. Intellect has a different kind of function. He wants to know. He wants the cause of this universe. What is the material cause? What is the efficient cause? All right. Let your intellect think of these kind of things, you know. And so, let intellect now be also applied in thinking about what's the nature of Lord, what is his swarupa. Who am I? What's the reality of this world? So let the buddhi... So of course, buddhi also... The mind also can imagine other things. What the stock prices will be, what... That's another way to imagine. But the buddhi also can think of how, you know... After all, our mind and intellect are all functioning anyway. With the intellect, I may think about... Uh, all right, now, how, how shall we add one more room into this place? And how, what kind of air conditioning shall I put in there? And what kind of a new gadget will I have in my car? And that's another way of imagining things. So rather than wasting away your energy of the mind and intellect and these kind of things, let I become the subject matter. That means let your whole being be filled by me. Manaha and buddhi. That's my whole being. Mayeva manadatsva. Let your feelings, let your imaginations all be centered on me. Let your thinking, let your inquiry, let your understanding be all centered upon me. That means you are centered upon me. You are completely offered to me. What will happen? When thus my mind and intellect, both of these are totally now focused upon Lord, what will happen? Niva sishya simayeva ata urdham nasamshaya ata urdham thereafter nasamshaya, there is no doubt. <coughs> that you will abide in me alone. There is no doubt that you will become one with me because you are one with me. It's not that I am separate from Lord, I am always one with Him. Just like a, like a, 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 like a uh, wave in the ocean. Things that is different from ocean, different from water. It looks upon itself as a wave and things that is different from other waves it is different from water, it is different from ocean, that's what a wave thinks. So it, the water tells him that think of me all the time and then you will become me. The already wave is water, but then he will, it will know that I am water. Similarly also, even today also I am never separate from God. But somehow, on account of identifying with this individual Upadi, I look upon him as separate from me. And when that identification is given up, then I become one with Mayevanasasi, you will abide in me alone, you will dwell in me alone. That means you will discover the identity with me. <coughs> but this is difficult, Swamiji. God is Lord is Lord Krishna, this is difficult. That my mind all the time thinks about you and my intellect also dwells upon you. Very difficult. See this is not possible right away. This is the goal. But it, and this is easier with reference to Saguna Brahman. When it comes to God with attributes, it's, it's easier to think about his attributes, about his force, about his exploits. And that's what Kusidaji would say all the time, listen to Ramayana, think about it, sing the glories of Rama. Others say, sing the glories of Krishna, sing the glories of Lord, whoever is your Ishtadevata. But that is, suppose it is not possible, 
then Lord Krishna here gives us one by one three alternatives. Like Satyanayana Puja, you know. So you must make the prasada from uh, what is it? One and a quarter pound of wheat flour, one and a quarter pound of sugar, and one and a quarter pound of this, and that's how you must make. That's the ideal. But suppose I don't have that much, doesn't matter. Take a quarter pound of each. Suppose I don't have wheat flour, take rice flour. I don't have this, I take this. Doesn't matter. Do something. <laughs> oh, I don't have wheat flour, so I won't do it. No, do it. Give some other flour, doesn't matter. I don't have that much. Listen, you have a little quantity, do it still. Some people say, Swami, I can't sit, therefore I don't perform my meditation or my worship. No, then all right, if you don't sit, you can't sit cross-legged, doesn't matter. Sit on the chair. Well, that is also difficult. Sitting on the chair also is difficult. Sit on the, on the, uh, what do you call it? The armchair. Even that is difficult. Doesn't matter. Lie down on your bed. But do that. <laughs> Don't take that easy way out right away because you'll fall asleep. <laughs> but if I cannot sit straight with cross leg, with Padmasana and Sukhasana. Not that way also. Whichever way you can sit. That also is difficult. Sit on the chair. That is difficult, armchair. That is difficult, doesn't matter, lie down in the bed, but do your, your worship or meditation or japa, whatever you have to do. Don't take the easy way out right away. But if this is not possible, do that. Similarly also, Lord Krishna gives us one after other different options. See in the ninth verse. Asachittam samadhatum Nashaknoshimayasthiram Abhyasa yogena tataha Mamichaptum dhananjaya All right, Atha Pakshantara. If that is not possible, if it is not possible that you place your mind and intellect, both of them in me, if that is, you find it difficult to do, no problem. Ada chittam samadhatum nashaknoshi. Ada chittam mais thiramithastha tatha samadhatum nashaknoshi. Here, you know, if it is not possible for you to place, now chittam is a word used here. Chittam here means manaha and buddhi. So chitta means mind here. Earlier Lord Krishna used the words manaha and buddhi. For both of them now Lord Krishna used the word chitta. It's a whole mind. If you are not able to place your mind steadily in me, that is you find it difficult or not possible, it is not possible for you to, to focus your mind steadily on me, don't get disappointed. Then what should I do? Abhyasa yogena tataha. Mamichaptum dhananja. Tataha then abhyasa yogena. Mam aptum icha. Lord Krishna prescribes it abhyasa yoga. What is abhyasa? Abhyasa means practice. Doing something repeatedly is called abhyasa. Doing something repeatedly is called abhyasa. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya, that's called Abhyasa, a repeated practice. That's called Abhyasa Yoga. What is Abhyasa Yoga? The practice of bringing my mind again and again into the focus of my attention. Let us say that I have decided to repeat the name of Lord, Rama, 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 let us say. Then I find that I find it difficult to focus my mind all nature of mind that mind thinks by association and therefore with Rama it will think of Rama and Rama and Rama Swami and then it will go into something you know Rama Swami. <laughs> Rama Swami happens to be the son of my friend and then that happens to be uh, married to somebody else that girl and that girl's father is like that and that's how it will go into Australia and uh, Canada something. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Comes back. Bring it back. That's why this morning we are talking about the rosary, you know, or mala, whatever it is. Or, so idea is auto-suggestion also. 
you can tell your mind before starting. So japa, repeating the name, repeating a chant, repeating a mantra, this is a very beautiful method of developing the concentration of the mind. So sometimes children ask this question, Swami, how do I increase my concentration? By this abhyasa. <coughs> Two things. Abhyasa and the counter, vairagyana chagrushyate. To be able to focus my mind upon a certain object that I want, I require abhyasa, a repeated practice of bringing my mind back into that focus. At the same time, I need vairagya. Vairagya means the freedom, dispassion for other things. So cultivating raga, cultivating attachment for what it is that I want to think about and developing detachment from where I want to lose my mind, understand? The reason why my mind gets distracted and runs away into something is because it finds something useful there. It has some value. So my mind usually thinks of that which it considers valuable. I look upon that as a source of my happiness, a source of my security, something that is very important to me. And I can't do without that. It's, it's, so that is the relationship that is called Raga. Discover that nothing is really can give you security, happiness that you are seeking. Nothing can do that. That, yes, you can become wealthy by acquiring wealth and you can become strong by acquiring strength, but you cannot become happy by acquiring something. That happiness, security is something that you discover from yourself. And so, lot of importance that we have attached to many things are really, they are not necessary. As I said, everything in life has a need, we have certain needs and then everything in the life may have a certain place. But we have, we have in fact magnified that importance. Then a motor car is required, fine, to carry me from one place to the other. But then I look about motor car as a prized possession and I feel proud about it and I, and I want to display it and then I, you know. No, that means that I have superimposed much more value to the motor car than what it is meant to have. House is required, it's a dwelling place. But then, you know, Swamiji, you know, what kind of ceilings we have, what kind of this, not that you should not have, but they say it. These things get importance much more than what they deserve or what they, are, they, what they should have. And that is why I have managed, with unwittingly, I have managed to somehow uh, give importance to many things and therefore I am controlled by them. I have managed to deliver myself in the hands of things of the world and that is how I am controlled by them. To release myself from their control to release myself from their, the, from the, the compulsions that they create in me. This is called Vairagya. What is Vairagya? Vairagya is discovering freedom. Freedom from everything. That everything is a use and fine, I respect everything. Vairagya, dispassion, doesn't mean that I start hating things. Doesn't mean that I declare I don't need anything. No, you need things. Don't hate anything, respect everything. Vairagya, dispassion is respecting everything and everybody for what they are. And thus, in order for me to focus my mind, it is necessary to examine my relationship with the things of the world and correct them and bring up what we call a relationship of Vairagya, Abhyasa and Vairagya. Because of Vairagya or dispassion, that my mind will not run towards them. And by Abhyasa, my mind, so discover a vira, Vairagya from there and discover Raga and I discover attachment for, for God. Detachment from there and attachment here. So mind will go wherever the attachment is. Right now since the attachment is for the things of the world, that's where the mind goes. In course of time as I develop attachment for, for God, well that's where my mind will want to go. So this is Abhyasa Yoga. A yoga or the practice of repeatedly bringing my mind back to the focus of my attention, focus of my worship, focus of my meditation. <coughs> Abhyasa Yogena. That's why they provide us these forms, which is easy for mind to think of. Think of a form that you like, that inspires you. See, object of meditation or worship also should be something that inspires me. Suppose I have something, you know, Swamiji, I have this picture in my home, you know, which my grandfather gave me. 
When I look at the picture, nothing happens to me. You know, that something should happen to me. That is, when I look at a form, when I look at a picture, or when I want to think or meditate upon, let us say, a form or God or an image, then it should do something to me. When I repeat a name or we repeat a mantra, then it should do something to me. Otherwise, because a meaningless sound, which I just keep on repeating mechanically or without any feeling. That is a Ram, Ram, that's what... <coughs> Is says, Tulsidasi says, that what's the purpose of Rita writing this Ramcharitmanas, this whole story of Rama? Everybody knows the story. He did not contribute much as far as the story is concerned. A story just becomes an occasion for him to sing the glories of Rama. So that when we hear the word Rama, we chant the word Rama, all of that comes back to our mind and my sense of devotion, reverence, all of this is invoked. So idea is that when I utter in my mind a name, or a chant, or a mantra, then it should invoke in my heart some inspiration, some devotion, some shraddha. And that is what will stick, that is the glue that will, that will stick my mind to what is it that I want to focus my attention upon. And therefore, we must make deliberate efforts to discover a raga, or attachment, or like for a particular form, or the name that we want to meditate upon. Swami, I love Shiva, I like Shiva, all right. Read, read Shiva Purana, listen to, you know, discover, learn about the glories of Lord Shiva and discover the reverence and devotion in your heart for Shiva or Rama or Krishna or the Krishnamurti, whoever it is. Then when I repeat that name or chant that name, it is accompanied with a certain feeling. And then the mind will get certain satisfaction out of that. And that's how abhyasa is not just mechanical repetition. But repetition involving a feeling, involving a feeling of devotion, involving a feeling of certain satisfaction. <coughs> so here Arjuna, do this. Abhyasa yoga in dhananjaya, he dhananjaya. May you seek to know me or seek to attain me by this practice of yoga called abhyasa. So japa, as I said, is a typical example of abhyasa yoga, where we give our mind an occupation. Mind wants an occupation. Without occupation, you know, it becomes restless. And so it will find occupation anyway. So we give it the occupation. <coughs> Except that the occupation slowly and slowly becomes subtler and subtler. But give the mind an occupation. That's why in meditation also we give the mind an occupation. Start with looking at the body. Go from toe to tip, you know. Let the body travel. Let the mind travel along the body. All the parts of the body. From bottom to the top, from top to the bottom again. Start from right hand side and go to the left hand side. Start from there, go back. Take 15 minutes, 20 minutes, doesn't matter. But then mind becomes relaxed. At least stop thinking of other things. And, and focus the attention on the body. Then you want to narrow down this field of, this core of attention, let the mind then start watching the breath. Needs to do something. So let the mind start watching the breath. Starts watching the breath. Now the scope of thinking, and you know, it's a scope of play, has also become narrow. It's becoming quieter. Now engage the mind in doing japa. Sri Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Jai Ram. Subtler. As we go further quiet, now focus attention on the silence between the japa. As we go further quiet, now you contemplate, I am that silence. So this is how in order for the mind, mind cannot be right away. You cannot right away say I am silent. So right away it's even difficult to start japa. Because when the mind which has been thinking about so many things, all of a sudden I start Sri Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Jai Ram, it doesn't remain there. And therefore, Shanaihi, Shanaihi Uparamed, Lord Krishna says in the sixth chapter, slowly and slowly withdraw the mind. Buddhya, Dhriti Gruhitaya, Atma Samsammanakrutva, and let your mind then be centered upon me. Then don't do anything further. So thus, this kind of methods we do require in order to bring the mind for to focus or to attention. And in course of time, you discover the love for Lord. Then the mind automatically goes there. You understand Lord. Then the buddhi also will go there. 
And that's how, by the Abhyasa Yoga, in course of time, both the manaha and the buddhi, both the faculties, will get focused upon God. Ultimately, they get totally centered. And that's how you attain the Lord. Mamichaptam dhananjaya. This is called the Abhyasa. But Swami, that is also difficult. I can't sit in a place. Difficult. Five minutes also is difficult. Difficult for me to put my mind on any kind of a thing. Don't worry. No frustration, no disappointment. Don't worry. What should you do? In the tenth verse, Lord Krishna gives another option. Abhyase pyasamartho se Abhyase Matkarma paramo bhava Matkarma paramo bhava Madarthamapi karmani Madarthamapi karmani Kurvan siddhima vapsyasi Kurvan siddhima vapsyasi Abhyasayapi asamarthaha See, if you are not, if you are asamarthaha, if you are not capable of your abhyasa, Abhyasa meaning the repeating, which is a mental process, which requires a certain preparation of the mind. To be able to do japa requires a lot of preparation of mind. Suppose you don't have that preparation, you don't have that steadiness of the mind. Then also, no problem, okay. So now do something physically. Mat karma parama bhava. Alright, mat karma paramaha. May you dedicate all your actions to me. Mother Swami Karmani Kurvan Siddhim Avapsasi. That performing actions for my sake, ultimately you will attain Siddhi or perfection. So then Lord Krishna says, okay, perform actions for my sake. So in order to perform action for the sake of Lord, I should at least remember him. If I want to perform action for his sake, I should remember him. That way, all these forms of worship that we have are very helpful. They are all very helpful in order to train the mind. Suppose I am not able to do japa of Dakshinamurti, japa of the deity, I perform the worship. Madhar Samabhi Karmani, that is called the karma or the actions performed in an offering to the Lord. So I perform what we call the puja here. So that's a typical action. And that can be as simple as you want or as elaborate as you want. The puja that we perform, the ritual that we perform, the act of worship that we perform is basically an offering to the Lord. And so many steps are there. There also, in a typical ceremony of the puja, you treat the Lord as a very revered guest. You first of all <coughs> invite him, welcome him, give him a seat, Wash his feet because he has walked and tired, so wash his feet. Give him some water to drink. Then give him bath. Give him good clothes, ornaments, kalan. Offer him flowers. Show him the lamp. Offer him food. Chant his praises. Sing songs. Dance. Entertain him. So how we would do this with a revered guest? Similarly also, Lord is treated that way. Each step is called Upachara. Shodasya Upachara Puja. A Puja or a form of worship involving 16 steps. You can simplify to 5 steps also. Or you can make it as elaborate as 64 steps. Whatever you want. It's your pleasure. Swami, I don't have much time. All right, five steps. Even that much I don't have. Three steps. That much I don't have. One step, something. But even that action also, you can make it interesting. What happens is, these days we have no time. So what happens is, this japa is squeezed into many activities. <laughs> I know that I have to leave home at, or I have to catch a bus at 7.40 in the morning. And I have 15 minutes for the verse puja. So at 7.25 I have sit down for my japa. 
and at 7.40 I must catch the bus. So I keep on looking. 7.29, What is my mind going to think of? Only think of what it is have to do, you know. So when we squeeze in this kind of things in between activities, then mind is anxious that this may take too much time and I must, because that activity is more important. Our catching bus is more important because I must go to work. That's more important than doing this puja anyway. As yet this puja or the worship has not acquired the status of the most valuable nation or whatever it is, you know. Has not acquired the state of the most valuable act- action. It is still a very minor action. Not only that, it is done out of obligation. Since Swami told me, since my father told me, since this is told me, therefore we should do that. Okay. And so we try to squeeze into different activities and therefore it does not get any attention at all. At least we try to find a time when I am relaxed. That I am not worried about what will happen if I am a little late or if I, you know, that I am not worried. Therefore we find some time for this so that the mind is somewhat relaxed. That will make a lot of difference. When my, there is no anxiety in my mind to finish this. When is this going to work? Five miles, when are they going to add over, you know? And so, and some people take so much to do. There are fifteen malas of these and ten chants of that and fifteen. Then there are so many things they want to do in one hour. That that's why they run like a frontier mail, you know. And there the attention is in finishing things rather than doing things. So therefore, let this also get the kind of importance that it deserves an amount of time that it deserves and certain priority that it deserves and you can enjoy, you can enjoy. As I say, even giving bath to Allah is all very nice. Chanting your mantras and giving him the bath with different kinds of materials, it's all very enjoyable. If you're sweating an inga, then you know, it looks different color with different kinds of materials. You can see those. Offer different kinds of flowers, make nice garlands, make nice ornaments, make nice garments. Make nice food, whatever. And thus you can make it as interesting. And whatever talents you have, all those talents can also be brought to play. Make nice some rangoli and do whatever you want. You can dance before the Lord. Close your room. You know. If that is a talent, I mean, don't bother him with that. You know, so, just because, so, because some people, we, I know that in the ashram in Bombay, we had our cook who was a Malayali cook, you know, and on the side he also used to play that, uh, what do you call it, that, uh, that, uh, the, the pipe, you know, he used to, what do you call it? Nadaswar. So, sunset in the evening, we were at the puja and before that there was Nadaswar. And, and he did not, you know, uh, nobody could enjoy that because he had hardly any, you know, any kind of a skill in doing that. <laughs> But he was so devoted that he was allowed to do that anyway. <laughs> and sometimes we would go on and on and so this friend of mine, you know, one day we were talking, Ramaswami was with me, you know, he said, this, I said, someday, <laughs> someday Lord is going to run away from here, I said. <laughs> he says, God will run away taking his Nadaswami with him. <laughs> But anyway, I hope that he will not run away regardless of what we do for him. <laughs> but it becomes a pleasure to offer him. That's why so many upacharas are there. If you are, if there is leisure, then you can make that whole practice, worship, interesting, enjoyable. So one thing we should remember that we should try to make our, whatever we do, whatever form of worship we do, try to make it as interesting as you can. Try to make it as enjoyable as you can. Even if you don't enjoy God, you enjoy giving Him bath. You don't enjoy Him, at least you enjoy offering Him clothes and things like that. So, enjoy. Make it interesting. And as far as possible, have some leisure so that the mind is not uh, under pressure to finish it. But anyway, that's all Madhar Samavikaram. Offer your karma to me. That's one typical example. Ultimately, whatever action we do, we offer to him, but that may be difficult. Therefore, perform special actions, which can be performed with an offering to me. <coughs> and then don't ask me what, you know. So, mother from karmane kurvan. Here we perform the puja, then also we expect some reward. 
I've been doing this for 25 years, Swami, what has God given me? And so, we, we, we actually uh, keep account of what we are doing for God and whether He is uh, fulfilling His promise or not. So Lord says, just offer the action to me, perform the action for my sake, just offer it to me. Mother Samvikarmana Kurvan, start that way. Slowly you will discover interest in me. Slowly then you will want to repeat my name. Slowly you will want to do that abhyasa. Slowly then you will want to think about me. Slowly you want to feel about me. Slowly you want to do things. And ultimately you will become totally dedicated to me. He knows this. He knows that once you start getting some joy out of that, then definitely you want always more and more and more. So in the beginning we perform the puja with a few upacharas. Then you find it interesting. Then 108 names. Find it just 1000 names. Find it, you know, formerly just one little uh, small sutra. Then now Purusha Sutra. Then Rudram also. Then this also. Because more, there are people who perform puja for two and a half hours, you know, three hours, whatever. There are people who spend the whole of their day in this. So there are worshippers of Lord Krishna for the whole day. This is all they think. They spend two to three hours in doing their puja of the Lord and during the daytime, you know, this, particularly the ladies in the house, she cooks for him, she makes garments for him and she makes ornaments for him, she makes garlands for him, that's all. Then he worries about him, oh it's cold, I think my Lala must be feeling, uh, my Thakurji must be feeling cold, so go and have a little heater there. Oh it is hot, too hot, let us have a fan there. For them, this, this little God is not a, an image, it is a living God. And that's how they look upon that. And so, this is wonderful. So if that kind of thing happens, that's it. What else do you need? Your mind doesn't go anywhere. Your mind is all the time focused upon God. So this is called Madartham Karma. Perform Karma for my sake as an offering to me. <coughs> okay, we will continue. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Vadarayam Sutra Bhashakrutau Vande Bhagavantau Gunapunaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Heda Vibhagine Vyomavat Vyata Dehaya Dakshina Murtae Namaha Om Shanti Shanti